We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. This is a post-game podcast, post-game six, and the Bucks may not have won the Nets series in six, but something just feels right about the best game of the series by far coming in game six. I'm joined by my conflicted co-host Rohan Kadi, his first words on the Zoom call were, I hate the Bucks, even though they did this. Rohan, how's it going? You're just, you're just airing me out here. Putting you on blast. <laughs> fair enough. I've said a lot of things on these post-game pods. So that, that, that's, it, it's fair. It's fair. I'll give you that. I'm doing all right. I expected to come out of this game feeling awful because even though I had predicted a Bucks win on the post game five podcast. My thoughts, they changed a bit going into the game. I think it's just previous trauma coming to bite me. I think it's just the mental stranglehold that this franchise has put on me during this series, just literally just this series. Uh, it's been a rough two weeks for my sanity from the Milwaukee Bucks, but they won. They Here's won. The thing. I was expecting a loss, and they won. They, Here's the thing. We get a game seven. Here's the thing about this game. Uh, I have not felt like this the whole series since pretty pretty much like third quarter-ish of game one, probably even before then. I feel great about the game and the series now because the, the Bucks were in the danger zone several times. Before halftime, at the end of the third quarter, parts of the fourth quarter – this ended up being what 15 point game. It the, the Nets took out their subs with a few minutes to go. Part of that probably to do with all the minutes Katie and Harden played in game five, and of course, game seven, just two days away. But it was over. And I believe because A, the Bucks played better. And it's not it's not just results. Everyone who listens regularly, and if you're new, welcome. Please subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate all the the 
additional support during the playoff run. And if you're a Bucks fan listening to the Eurostep Podcast Network for the first time, stick around. We're, we're going to be back with a lot of great content. But we're not a results-based podcast as much as we are a process-based podcast. And the process was better. It wasn't perfect, but it was better. I'd say the process kind of stunk up the gym last night, but that's okay. <laughs> nice. Um, we had to get that one in there at some point. But here's the thing. And maybe it's not even – usually I feel like I'm fairly rational. I lost that during this game a little bit. The fact that it was Chris and Giannis that did it, it just feels so good to me. I mean, like, I think it is replicable against this Nets team. I think these guys kind of figured something out, and the something is like – Giannis take the ball if you can get to the rim get to the rim if you can't get it to Chris and he'll just gonna he's gonna make a shot or draw a foul or both every single time and that's basically what happened in this game but just for me the fact that after all these years all these questions all these doubts all these painful losses Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo together holding off KD James Harden in the nets in a do or die game six I don't know how you're not ready to run through a wall after that. I'm all the way back on board, totally ready to be hurt in game seven. I'll live with that. Chris Middleton made me feel alive again in terms of my Bucks fandom. I have to say that or my girlfriend gets a little upset. In terms of my Bucks fandom, though, I feel alive again because this guy, and this has always been the thing with Chris. There's the, there's the concerns. There's everything we've talked about. He has the heart of someone who's going to go after it. And sometimes he gets too quieted in the past. Certainly in the Raptors series, he just wouldn't do enough. In this game, he said, no, like this is going to be me. He's still going to shot more. I hope we see more in game seven. But he never backed down every moment he was there for it with an answer. Giannis was tremendous too. But Chris Middleton, 38 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, five steals, 11 for 16 from the field. Five for eight from deep, 11 from 12 for free, from free throw. He brought it everywhere, both ends, tremendous game. And this is the kind of momentum I think you can take against a very tired, obviously banged up Nets team and finally be the first team in the series to win on the road. I am just so enthused with seeing those two guys be the guys that do it. Man, we watched them in 2014 and they were on a terrible team. Like, this feels amazing. And I think they hated is, each other because they, they were did, fighting they for did, minutes. They did hate each other at first, too. We've come a long way. But the fact that these two guys did this and just stepped up in this way and at the same time, you know, seemed to figure some things out way too late. But still, series is alive. One game, winner take all. Let's ride with Giannis and Chris, baby. You know, it's a wild stat. You said five steals, right? Yeah. All five of those are in the first half. I'm not surprised. This man probably ran out of gas. That's incredible. When I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's it's been a while since someone's gotten five steals as a Milwaukee Buck. I don't even think Drew has gotten there this season. We'll he was get close in this game, four steals. But uh, yeah, we have a lot of less. We'll, we'll get to him. But let's yeah, talk, yeah, let's talk yeah. about Chris Middleton. Yes. Chris Middleton, absolutely astounding, incredible. I know you're the adjective guy, but I just can't think of those work. I I can't think of any words to describe his performance tonight. This is just a vindication of not only us, because we have been massive, massive Chris Middleton backers and supporters throughout the trials and tribulations 
that he puts onto himself. Uh, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that have happened. We have been there. We've been there supporting him. And he comes out there in a do-or-die performance for the second consecutive year, by the way, yep. and just goes out there and gets the Bucks a win. Uh, I mean, given last year was different because it was just him. This year, he had Giannis. It's just, it's incredible. Like, I'm I'm in awe looking at this stat line. This guy put up 38 points on 16 shots. He outdueled Kevin Durant. He beat Kevin Durant at That's his own game. That's at his truth. own game. Like that, if you showed me just a blank stat line, like without a name and just these numbers, I was like, oh, Katie cooked the Bucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. my goodness. Yeah. He absolutely filleted Milwaukee. No, that's Chris Middleton. That's Chris Middleton. Kevin Durant put up 32 points on 30 shots. And you know what? He doesn't necessarily need to outduel KD twice in a row, but he needs to keep coming with this same energy. I need this many shot attempts. And I have to say shot attempts. 16 shots wouldn't be a lot. Obviously, 12 free throws. So Chris was using a lot of offense, plus five assists. I need it to be like that again. Uh, for reasons we'll get to later in the pod, it has to be like that. But I need it like that anyway because this is the guy out of anyone on this team who has risen up and said, I can knock down literally any shot in any moment. And we've seen it over the years. The consistency leaves something to be desired. You know what, Chris? You can put all that behind you with another big game seven because suddenly – the other half of the bracket in the East looks a little shaky. The West, who knows what's going to happen over there? We've the seen players. Bracket looks shaky, just in general. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Buck series included. Um, but Chris, like eight more really great games throughout this playoff run. You do something like this once, nobody ever remembers the other stuff, man. I'm looking at you, Kyle Lowry. You have one I was of these say runs. Paul George. There's a million. Oh, Paul George needs to go a little farther. But there's a there's a lot of examples of these guys who up and down, up and down. You go at the right time. You play that number two role in that title team. Nobody cares anymore. It doesn't matter. And it, we're a long way from there. Don't get me wrong. But I'll, this is a this was a special one uh, for me as you know, I got shaky on Chris in this series alone. But this one was it was just Mr. Beautiful to Chris watch. Middleton shouldn't handle the ball in clutch situations. Ty Windish over here. Yeah, fair, fair criticism. I thought they had someone who could do it better. Turns out I was wrong. I, I and they kid. don't. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but just and there was he did have a, a turnover that it should have been a foul, uh, the Harden reach, but it, it was just great. Um I, I just, only turn no, he had four turnovers. No, he had four turnovers. Um, I think some more on passes, but it was just uh, – it was perfect. I think this was like the perfect Chris Middleton game, and you're asking a ton for him to even come close to this again on Saturday. But it doesn't need to be this efficient. But I need I need something close to those points, I think, because this team's running out of guys that can trust to generate offense, and that's that's the other side of this. That's why reminiscent of what was it, the first, ha- first quarter of game one, where it was literally Chris and Giannis with 30-some points. Like, that's probably going to have to be the second half of game seven. Like, we're here now. Maybe you get lucky and somebody else turns it around a little bit, but I, you got to play it safe. You need to have a base coming in, and that's got to be Chris and Giannis. And we saw a, a pretty good prototype for how that game needs to go uh, against the Nets in Fiserv on Thursday. Yeah, we really did. I completely forgot today was Thursday. I was like, what on earth are you talking about right now? It Wild. This, this game has broken me. Um, 
Yeah, just we we have the blueprint now. I think that's a fantastic way to put it because we we see the roles that we've been talking. I don't want to say like, oh, we're dictating what happens, but this is what we've been wanting to see because it's been clear and evident this entire time. If you need offense, you need to go to Chris Middleton and Giannis. Giannis in these situations needs to not be pulling up for three, zero three-point attempts. Beautiful. Zero three-point yeah, attempts. We, we got to talk about this was a This was a great Giannis game. It was a great Giannis game, but you need to have Chris initiate. You have to have Giannis finish, and that is a recipe for success, especially, especially against a hampered Nets team who does not seem like they anyone on their team can move laterally whatsoever. So you just need to go out there. You need to attack it. And they started doing that at times. They were spamming Chris Giannis pick and rolls for a solid stretch in the third quarter where they're like, Okay, the Nets are starting to get close a little bit. Let's just go out there and put some points on the board. And that's what Chris and Giannis did. They put this franchise, they put this city on mm. their shoulders, and they absolutely delivered. This state, you're I'm in Oshkosh right now. This yeah, state, they put this, this state, state on their oh. backs. Also, a lot of America who doesn't like the Nets, too. There, there's a, The whole world was on Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo's back tonight. Um, uh, Katie has a lot of fans. Does he? Or are they just him tweeting? Something to think about. He was, just the, All-Star, he was the All-Star captain. Just, okay. Again, how many phones? This guy can afford a lot of phones, on. It's fan voting. Well, I'm just saying. Something to think about. Um, yeah. I, I, oh, no. I forgot what I was going to say. No. the re- When I realized they had a shot to win the game. I wasn't at the series yet, but the game. The last, one of the last plays of the first half, Giannis goes up to take a assuredly ill-fated jumper fadeaway in in the paint. And at the very last second, turns and finds Middleton because he can feel Harden coming to help on on him. And Chris nails the three. I think it was his second three in a row at the time. And that was just back-to-back possessions to end the quarter. That was just not the kind of thing we were seeing earlier in this. Was that the first? It was the second quarter, right? Yes. Okay. Not the kind of thing we were seeing earlier in this series, which is wild because it doesn't seem like a very complicated thing, but still it just wasn't the thing, the kind of thing we were seeing. And in that moment, you could tell like they, they kind of had something figured out or at least were sticking to something more thoroughly of Giannis, go and try to get your bucket. If you can't get it, find somebody else. And that somebody else became literally one guy over the course of the game, because one guy stepped up over and over and over and over times 16 or whatever. That was Chris Middleton. And at that moment, I was like, okay, Giannis is on board. Like, we we made it far into the game. There's been some bumps in this road already. Giannis is getting it. He's feeling it. They, they're they connecting now. Like, they should have been all series. But, again, it's spilled milk or whatever. That's when I was Are like, okay. Are you a milk person? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Not now. Okay, sorry. Not in this pod. Well, that's off season thing. But in that moment, I was like, "Well, I I think they might be able to do it. Like there that something is clicking here that can beat this Nets team in their current state, which may not be saying a lot, but still, still KD at least. But that in that moment, though, I was like, "Okay, this this is this is something. They're onto something. Can they stick to it?" And in the second half, they did. 
You can even see just Giannis's reaction once the final buzzer sounded. He immediately just goes up and does. Do you remember the uh, Kevin Garnett talking behind Giannis uh, yes. photo? This is a deep cut right here. It looked like Giannis was doing that to Chris Middleton at the end of the game. He was just like coming up behind him, like rubbing his shoulders, just talking to him like, yeah, we got this. Yeah. This, this sort of thing. Oh, you, oh, Ty, Ty, you're bringing I got me. you, don't I? I got you're a lot of listeners, in. I'm sure, too. How can you not? Here's the thing. If you are all in and you're ready to celebrate and you're feeling good, you feel good for two days and then your mood is dictated based on whatever happens on that second day. If you are going into it full of dread and and hating every minute of this, your your ultimate fate is still going to be decided on Saturday. So let's at least have a good time going in. That one game to beat the Nets by far, when fully healthy, the most threatening team in the rest of the league. They're not healthy. They're shaken. KD was like flustered at the end of the game, which you'd never. Th- KD airball. Like, let's before we get to Giannis, let's talk a little bit about the other reason. He airballed last have. game too. Oh well, <laughs> it's a trend. Talk about what the the other reason I think that they can actually do this. The Nets are like running on fumes. Like there's not a lot left. I was worried in the first quarter. Harden actually looked a little bit better, and his line on the whole is much better. But I, it faded away a little bit as the game went on. But he, he hit three of six threes, which that is a little bit concerning. Like even the fact that he can take them now, he still can't move well. But at least he's able to do something on offense, which is more than like ninety percent of Bucks can say at the moment. Um, but as the game went on, like they just looked worn down and especially and the bucks finally, again, really capitalized on this in that fourth quarter. Katie had no good looks really like they, there was always defenders coming because the bucks realized nobody else on this team is doing anything right now. Like stick a guy near Harden. Cause you don't want to just leave him wide open. Everybody else is just incapable. Like the Jeff green thing was not going to last for multiple games. One for four from deep. The Blake Griffin thing was not going to last for a whole series. One for four from deep. Joe Harris, don't really know what's happening there. Uh, somehow him being awful is lasting the whole series. Not sure on that one. Also one for four from deep. Uh, Bruce Brown hit his only attempt. That's not sta- – I mean, maybe he'll hit one, but again, it's not a big deal. Reggie Perry, 0 for 1. Now we're in a garbage time, guys. But, like, literally no also, one else. I didn't, I didn't know Reggie Perry existed. Apologies to Reggie Perry. But I had no idea he existed until I would look at like the inactive list for the. That's uh, one less subscriber if Reggie Perry's one of the first time listeners, Rohan. Just something to think I'm about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Reggie. Like when you brutally went after the Keiths of the world. Hey, shout out Keith Keskinen. Yeah, yeah. We, we Thankfully, we got through that. Keith is a good guy. He, he got over you uh, going to war with his first name. But the, the point is, the Nets just don't have enough outside of Katie. And the Bucks are getting more comfortable saying, you know what? Actually, we are going to just, we're going to, sh- Brooke is going to show up high. There's going to be help sagging in all the time. And for once, it's actually the right idea. Like at this point in this series, that is actually what you should do. I mean, you shouldn't concede wide open Jeff Green threes immediately in possessions, but you'd rather do anything at this point than KD shoot, like make somebody else beat you, especially as you get to the latter part of games. Like you can kind of feel out how the role players are going. And in this game, the Bucks could feel out that like nobody was capable of doing anything. Obviously, at home, that could change for Brooklyn, but we'll see. 
But again, if it's a similar situation where you can just ignore some guys, you have to keep doing it and you have to make it hard for KD. Again, he's going to score 32 regardless. But if you can beat the Nets by 25 in KD's 40 minutes, you're probably doing something right. For sure. For sure. Like, this is kind of the problem (laughs) that we're facing here because last game we were talking like, oh, you just can't let the axillary pieces get going. You just have to, you know, KD's going to get his thing. And now you're realizing like, oh, maybe the axillary pieces like can't actually get going. Maybe that's just like, that's a fluke, potentially. Potentially. Well, I, I think it's I think it's a later game thing. I will say that. I don't think you do it all game. I don't think you double him all game long. I think that can backfire. I think you want it to be like fourth quarter where you're, you know, Bruce Browns and and uh, I guess I'll put Joe Harris in here because he's been in his own head all series anyway. But you're Blake's uh, Blake. Uh, I'll put Blake in there. But like you want these guys to think like I have to take this shot in this situation and. Kevin's passing to me and Kevin, I don't know about this. You you saw this like in the fourth quarter where there was a possession where James Harden and Blake Griffin were just passing the ball back and forth to each other (laughs) on the perimeter. And it just ended. I I think it ended with like an offensive rebound or something for the Nets or it went out of bounds off of, I think it was Pat Connaughton. It was. He fumbled it. it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Pat later. Yeah. Some thoughts. And it's just like, Neither of them wanted to do anything. At least Harden has an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Blake is kind of broken in a more gradual sense, but true. (laughs) Yeah, Harden is not like Harden's not used to this level of mobility. Blake Griffin should. (laughs) (laughs) It has been uh, it has been quite a while now. Um, Also, I think it was important. It felt like the Bucks were running off shooters better. Brooklyn only attempted 33s in this game, which isn't a ton for them. Milwaukee attempted 33, uh, and they have Giannis eating a lot of possessions and not shooting any threes for once, which was nice. So, again, I think part of that, too, if you're going to send help at KD, is, like, recover to the shooters and then make somebody beat Giannis, who's, like, equidistant with him from the rim. And it's a good bet. I mean, you saw how, how many blocks did Giannis end up getting in this game. It felt like a ton uh, he had zero? zero. What? <laughs> really? He, just, he deterred a lot of shots at the rim. I mean, Brooke I had three, he actually made contact on any of them. Ah, I think he might have gotten one or two. I'm not sure about that one, but I digress. Giannis and Brooke in this game were really affecting shots at the rim. And that's, that's the whole point I think is like, don't let them hit threes, make the math a little harder for the other team. And also you have to go through one of at least one of Giannis or Brooke. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, for sure. And I think Brooke Lopez had an underrated game as well. It's just, oh, this is a wild stat. Both Giannis and Chris have multiple games this series with 30 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, do you want to know the last duo to do that? Uh, I just uh, saw this on ESPN, credit to them. Um, can you give me a rough estimate of how long it's been? It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Oh, wow. It's now two bucks, is it? No. Oh, that would have been cool. Um, I actually don't know. Shaq and Kobe. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Two 30-10 games in the same series, teammates? Wow. I wouldn't have thought it'd be that long. Yeah, Kobe and Shaq. In 2001, I believe. You want to also know a fun 2001 playoff stat? Maybe. That's the last time the Bucks won a series down 3-2. Oh, wow. I like I, the, the, the stats are the good. semifinals as well. The stats are good tonight. Also, the oh, I guess that's out of the window. I was going to say the last team they beat in six was the Brooklyn Nets, but that one's not happening anymore. Um, oh, well. You know, it's funny. I feel like independent from each other, a lot of people have said – I mean, certainly a lot of people have said Giannis needs to play more like Shaq. There's been Middleton Kobe utterances. I don't know. I think you want him to play a little bit more like him and just being more aggressive. So it's funny that they kind of come together in a, a real life stat comp, but um, they they do need to play. And they, that's what this game was like, especially on the Giannis end. I mean, no threes is the number that's going to stand out, but his decision-making was just so much better. I mean, all the touches he had, Basically, every possession, three turnovers and three assists. Honestly, three assists, they might have all been to Chris. I think a lot of that may be P.J. Tucker, one for five from three. Brooke Lopez, 0 for three from three. Drew Holiday, one for 10 from three. Pat Connaughton, 0 for five from three. Bryn Forbes, 0 for two from three. Like, if anybody else is hitting shots, I think Giannis probably has like six plus assists. But 30 points, 17 rebounds, three offensive. Giannis? attacked the glass in a way I feel like it's been a little while since we've seen that. Um, somehow no blocks or steals, not buying it, but 12 for 20 from the field, 6 for 10 from deep is solid uh, for Giannis. But I just love the way he played in this game. I know there were some people who had gripes about the help defense, it's on and off, whatever. I can live with some stuff like that when the offense is what it was. And it just felt like this is the Giannis we've wanted to see. And it felt like the Giannis from – Random callback, but the Miami game very early in the season when they broke the record and TNT cut the feed because it was like this was Giannis. His, his mode was, a t- and it might have been a little, there was a lot of passing in that game. Obviously, the Bucks shooters were on a different level, but it was like two modes, right? It was attack, and if it's not there, find somebody else and let them attack. Instead of this damn attack for a second, reset, attack again, get nothing done, fade away. He was just decisive. We talked about this on the last pod. The Bucs need to be decisive. Felt like Giannis was in this game, and it showed. Yeah, it really was. And this is what we've been wanting to see all series long. We've been just so concerned 
because we know he can dominate like this. It's not just hate. It's not slander. It's not we're saying, oh, Giannis, you're not doing you're not doing enough. You need to get better. No, we're saying you're good enough to do this. You just need to go out there and do what you're good at. And yes. that's what we saw tonight. We saw a decisive Giannis. You're really talking me into this, and I hate you for it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm calling it like I see it. They looked awesome. Yeah, we saw a decisive Giannis. We saw a Giannis that just I don't I don't know what Jeff Green did to Giannis, but poor Jeff Green, man. Yeah. Poor Jeff Green. He seems like a nice guy. He's had a solid career. Uncle like, Jeff, potential. Uncle Jeff, buck. you came back from open heart surgery. Just a great story. And then Giannis just goes out there and ends his career. <laughs> like Every single time he saw Jeff Green on him, he was like, oh, he does that awkward pull-out dribble. Then it's like, oh, is he going to pull up for three? No, I'm literally going to go straight to the rim, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Also, if I get a rebound, I'm just going to dunk it on you. Like, I'm just stand up dunking it on you. We We haven't seen that Giannis in a little bit here. We needed that. He was going up hard. I was like, let's finally, man. It was an emotionless Giannis, too. He wasn't mean mugging. Or like screaming or anything. He was like, this is all business. Yes. And I'm, I'm giving you the business. Yes. That's the phrase I kept using all year. They're ta- they need to take care of business this year. No more WWE in the tunnel before the game, especially in the damn playoffs. Show up. Take care of business. Robin Lopez, good guy. Good jump hook. I don't need a heel. I need a center who can give me some good minutes, man. Like, this is business time. The Bucks took care of it in this game. That was Robin Lopez catching straight. I mean, come on. When you're when you're the wrestling heel, known most for being the wrestling heel, it's a tough scene. But it's not it, his fault he didn't play. I know. It's listen, it's fine player. But this was business. I need to see another 48 minutes, and then I need to see four to five more games, whether it's Philly or Atlanta, in that order of business. And then we'll see what happens in the finals, man. Anybody but the Suns is where I'm at at this point. Um, but, but again, way, 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 way too far ahead of us. We have four more quarters against a very, very dangerous opponent. And I think, actually, I know, even if Giannis play, and Chris play this well again, they will lose game seven if everybody else plays the way they played. Uh, P.J. Tucker, tremendous defensive game. Talked about this. Need more than three points, boss. Need more than one for six on offense, boss. Got to do something else. Got to do a little bit of scoring. It just gets hard to have a guy out there for 35 or yeah, 35 minutes, 34 minutes, who is just adding not a thing on that end. Little, need a little bit more. Brooke, just don't take the threes. Ah, you know what? I guess three is fine. It, you know what, Brooke? Just keep doing what you're doing. Watch the turnovers, I mean, they, though. They were all tra- they were all trailed. Yeah, they, they, I'm, I'm not that mad. I'm not that mad. They were. Fine. I thought Brooke Lopez had a solid game overall. It was, it was he was playing. Game. He was playing great defense at the rim. Like he yeah. he just demolished a few Joe Harris layups, and Joe Harris may have demolished those layups before he even attempted them uh, himself. Hey, uh, Joe Harris hit one three in this game, and he was <laughs> talking. He was not talking to the Bucks. Joe Harris was talking to Joe Harris inner demons from the rest of this series. Honestly, I was like, not ironically good for him. Like, I think he kind of needed that. It didn't affect the game at all. When he hit it, I said, oh, expletive. Like, I was worried there was going to be a a floodgate opening. It wasn't. But um, he needed that one just like, 
for himself. He might go one for four again in the next game, but at least he'll have the one or the two, I guess, at that point. But um, yeah, Brooke was, Brooke was making him look pretty pretty bad around the rim, which is what you need to see. from. He was making everyone look bad around yes. the rim, which is what Brooke Lopez is in there to do. We It feels like forever ago that we were talking about weaponize your size. Yes. <laughs> it feels like so long. This series has gone on for There's been so many twists and turns. It's incredible. I, listen, and that, it's kind of a, a good, it's like this, especially this postseason in a nutshell. It's like at a certain level, you just need to survive. And that's yeah. for us. I was thinking earlier today, like, wait, who did they beat in the first round? <laughs> like, it was like a million years ago. I think 10 million things have happened since then. Do you think that Brooke playing less than 30 minutes and ignoring the rest of the game for now, but just him, do we think that's helping him be a little more spry when he is out there? Because I think we've yes. talked about this before. Yes. I think there's something to that. It it benefits the Bucks in multiple ways. Yes. Because like you're saying, they're letting Brooke get his rest. They're letting him be a little more spry, which is what you um, just said, obviously. But it allows him to be more of himself in those minutes. He's not out there lumbering. His hands are like on his knees and his back is almost like parallel to the <laughs> ground. I don't know how he does that. But you're also just you're you're allowing for the Giannis at center lineups that have absolutely yes, that's, demolished that's Brooklyn in this series. That's the other thing. So not only are you getting Brooke Lopez at his peak at every single time he's on the court, when you're giving him less than 30 minutes a game, you're also giving yourself an opportunity to blow Brooklyn out of the water. With yeah. these lineups, with no Brook Lopez on the court, and that's not that's not saying anything bad about Brook Lopez. Like I just said, he's doing well. He's doing well in what he needs to do, especially when there's like a Nick Claxton out there on the court, and even like a Blake Griffin. Like he's been doing a fine job off of Blake Griffin, and I think the Bucks have adjusted their defensive scheme a little bit. We'll get into that, but Brook Lopez has been fine. It's just you can do better when he's off the court while also maintaining his integrity on the court. It's great. It, it's perfect. Yeah, it's about Giannis, not Brooke. And that's yes. – I mean, he's more of a – way, way to put that very simple. That's it. That's it. That's the Brooke Lopez thing at this point. If the Bucks had like pretty – most other superstars, maybe not Zion, but most other superstars and maybe Zion, whatever. Like Brooke, uh, there's probably no issue. He's stretchy enough. He's good inside. He can set screens and roll everything else. It's just some overlap, and it's enough to make you want to close games with Giannis out there at the five from time to time, especially in this series, because you're just even even if the, a Lopez has a lot to offer, like you said, there's more to offer if you can weaponize Giannis, and that's the thing that I think I lost in weaponize your size early. You, they still need to do it in those minutes; it's still going to matter, but you know, making the most out of Brook Lopez isn't worth it if you're not making the most out of Giannis, and I think that's the Bucks have kind of discovered that. Uh, and credit to them because I think they got there earlier than I did. But the Giannis and center lineups finally working after years of mixed evidence because he's finally playing like a damn center. And that's the thing. Before it doesn't work because you play Giannis at center, but he's trying to play like a 3-4 and like a 1 on offense. No wonder it didn't. That's why Ben Simmons at center lineups aren't always that great um, because – I think that's a Ben Simmons problem. Well, exactly. Well, it's that too. But also like – it's just hard if you're like a perimeter defender who's like trying to play like that, but you're in there as a center and you're not doing center stuff. I think it throws off the team. Giannis is uh, falling into that role a little bit better now, but I'm just basically going down the box chart saying who wasn't good enough 
and again, it's a long list outside of the two guys. Next name is Drew Holiday. Let's have this conversation. Let's have this conversation. You know, Heat series and very early Nets series, I was saying, get the Eric Bledsoe comp out of here. That is disrespectful. That is unfair. It's not anymore. It's not. It's, it's, it's still, not. It's still no, a it's bit not. of it. Yes. No, it's not. One for 10 from three. Step back threes on James Harden, who can't move when you're like one for seven from three. In this game, in this situation, that is Bledsoe-esque. It's not just the play, it's the decision-making. That is Bledsoe-esque decision-making. That is Bledsoe-esque decision-making, but that's one... And shooting percentages. Yes, well, I'm sort of combining those two because one leads to the other. Yes, yes. That's one aspect of the Bledsoe experience. Yeah, it's. I said the comp is fair. I didn't say that the exact same, but I said invoking the comparison is fair. In one aspect. It's an important it's aspect. It, okay, it's, okay. I'll I'll give it to you. It's it's a little more fair than it was. Yes, it's there's uh, an unfortunate amount of credence growing there. Yes, I love Drew Holiday to death, man. But my goodness, I have no idea what this guy's doing. I have no idea what he's doing. Ten threes. Ten. Did he just decide? Oh, Giannis isn't shooting them. I'm going to take him this time. I think he's trying Next to slump, he's trying to slump bust. He's trying to slump bust, but this is not the time or the place. Like that's the thing. If this is game 54 of this regular season, go ahead. Who cares? Try to get out of it and keep going. I I don't I don't care about the next five possessions at any given time in this game. Like you you just need good possession after good possession. Like you can throw all the season long data out the window. None of it matters at this point. Like it's a few possession game. And this is one of the things the Bucks in general have struggled with. I feel like, like when they encourage solid shooters to take shots, it's like sometimes if a guy makes one or two, you just can't do that anymore in the playoffs. or you lose the series. Like you have to throw out so many attitudes that you have over the long season. And that's the Drew Holiday thing. And the way the Bledsoe comp ends, and I'll do this for you. So you don't think I'm fully on board here. Eight for 11 from two, eight rebounds, five assists, four steals, some tremendous defense as always from Drew Holiday. Uh, he scores 21, which is feels like a ton considering the way he shot, but um, not not all the way bled, of course, but it was I really mean, the just 20, the, the 21 points comes because he was eight of 11 inside the, right. or seven of 11 inside of the arc. Yes. Oh yeah, which is, seven 11, my bad, yeah. Which is just, it's incredible. Which it's shows incredible. you what, what is there. Like, there's meat on the bone there for his possessions to yes. score much Which more is efficient. unlike Eric Bledsoe. Yes, yes. and There is else, a floor. <laughs> yes, for sure. But, you know, game seven, if I see 10 in the attempts, I need to see, like, seven in the makes. Like, and that's not no. saying – that's not saying he needs to shoot 70%. That's saying, like, if you get to attempt six and you haven't made a lot of them, stop. I'm I'm dead serious. Stop. Don't do it anymore. If you're two of six, no more. Go to the rim. Look at what Giannis did. Just look at what Giannis did. Exactly. Because you can he's go to been, the rim every single time. Yeah, he's been struggling from distance, Giannis, that is. Yes. And he's just decided, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I do best. And that's just like yam on guys. Actually, he yammed on one guy. Again, just poor Jeff Green. But he's just so go and just dominate. Just impose yourself on Blake Griffin, on Kevin Durant. On we saw Nick Claxton for like five seconds. It feels like three minutes. Oh, I, yeah, under three minutes. I actually think they're. I, I actually I want to talk about Nash's rotation. He's, he's got he's gotten cooked every single time he's been on the court. I have some thoughts on Nash's rotation. Okay, we'll get to that. Um, but 
Giannis just Drew needs to take from a page from what Giannis did in this game. Go to and the that That's you're it. just going to the rack. You're the you're rack. a lead at that. Do that. And I'll even go a step further. Stop even with the kickouts if it's like a somewhat better look at a certain point. Because when the, unless it's Chris, if it's Chris, kick out every time. But if it's like PJ or Brooke in the fourth quarter, shoot it to shoot the contested shot at the rim because we know Drew can make those. And in these situations, again, you got to throw out the season. I don't care what PJ shot in the season or whatever else. If he's 0 for 4 and you're near the rim, you take it to the rim. Like, you just have to play like that. Do you know how many blocks as a team Brooklyn had in this game? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. One. <laughs> you knew. The listeners might not have known. One block. You're, you're too smart, Ron. I can't get one over on you. One block the whole game. Like, when you say there's no rim protection, and yes, I know, before the analytics people who are probably already upset, I said to throw their science out the window, said block, blocks don't matter, blah, blah, blah. It's true, but they're kind of an indicator. They're kind of an indicator. Utah is, I think, two and four when Gobert. But Giannis had zero blocks. Is, Guess I, he's not a rim protector. Mis, miscredited, miscredited stats. Rudy Gobert, or the Jazz are two and four when Rudy Gobert doesn't block a shot, and like fifty-four and nineteen when he it blocks at least one shot. That's a stat I looked up today because I noticed he had no blocks in that game last night. I thought that was odd. It's not one to one, but I do think there's an indication. I do think there's an effect after a while if there are shots being blocked at what you feel like around the rim. You can defend the rim well without blocking shots. More likely, you're probably doing neither, and that's where Brooklyn is. Like, there's nothing going on around that rim. Drew and Giannis need to put that pressure on all day. And that's what we said coming into this series. Again, ridiculous. We're in game six, and this is clicking for one of the two guys. But it's not there. It's still not there. Like, when you get to the rim, if you do something besides running into five nets – there's no resistance and the bucks just need to keep going to that well. Yeah, they really do. It's just <sighs> I feel like we're just saying the same things that we've said all series except this yeah. time they're actually doing. It. Yeah. Actually and that's that's the optimism. And they stuck to it for a whole game, most of a whole I'm game. Having, I'm having like a like a conflict. Like I have the devil on one shoulder, I have an <laughs> angel on one shoulder as we're doing this podcast. Am I the devil? In this situation, I think so. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> from you my have, perspective, I feel like you have buyer's remorse. Like you walked out of the dealership with a new car, you didn't read the loan details quite closely enough. Maybe you got a warranty you're not sure of. This did happen to me, and it's like <laughs> I don't know. I, was this the right decision? But then you drive off in the car and all as well. Unless it's a lemon. Hopefully, it's not a lemon uh, in this metaphor. It was for me. It wasn't. It wasn't. I feel good about it. It worked out. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you look like you felt suspense. I meant the Bucks. The Bucks game seven performance would be the lemon in this. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully it's a lime. Is that better? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <It was. laughs> speaking of sour, let's talk about Pat Connaughton's performance in this game. I got to get something off my chest. Do it. Pat Connaughton. Get on your soapbox. Pat Connaughton defender. We did a whole podcast. Go listen to it. He doesn't have to be playing anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't have to be playing. Maybe he ends up being the right decision to be the small, the guy who enables the small lineups in these games. Maybe that does happen. I'm not saying it can never happen. But there's not enough that he should have that job locked down, guaranteed, no matter what. And I've heard somebody say Bobby Portis wasn't feeling well. He's probably not feeling well because he's glued to the bench. I don't know. I, I don't. This, I don't think this was like sourced by a reporter or anything. But 
Pat Connaughton, man. 0 for 5, 2 rebounds. So See, this is why the official score was off in this game. How does he not have a turnover? There was a rebound in his hands. He fumbled out of bounds. How is that not a turnover? Like who is it? What is just, that? It's just it's is just, it just out a missed shot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean that's ge- that's generous. That's not a turnover. That's generous. It was in both of his hands. That is that is like infield this is, single. This is home, this that's is an infield single when the the shortstop kicks the ball ten feet forward. I I don't know about that, but wasn't effective. And just uh, again, like the, all for all the like. Oh, but he's a good defender. Really? Against who? Against the guys that anyone on the team could guard? Sure. Against KD? No. Like, that's all that matters. There's not really anyone on the Nets besides KD and maybe Harden now who's going to be able to take advantage of really any of these guys. Like, what is, I'm trying to think of, Bruce Brown going to do against Bryn Forbes? Not much. Apparently, Joe Harris isn't going to do anything against anybody. Like, I, I, you got to try the other guys. That's that's all I'm saying. When Pat is playing, like, I don't even know, like the way the way Stephen A. talked about Mario Chalmers is how Pat played in this game. Lock him in the closet. He, don't even let him near the basketball. That's Pat Connaughton right now. Try Portis if he's fine, which I think he is. Like, you can put the Nets just play a bunch of tall guys who aren't very good, and then one tall guy who's very very good. Put Portis on one of the tall guys who's not very good. If he has to switch on KD, guess what? I like that better than Pat doing it. At least he's tall. Like, just try it. Just try it. It's like a 50% three-point shooter. Like, there's so much more there. And that, for me, is the number one biggest frustration about this whole game, even more than the Drew threes. It's just this dedication to Pat Connaughton. Like, you know, Rohan, I appreciate you. I trust you. Not as much as Bud trusts Pat Connaughton. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. If you were putting up these performances pod after pod, we would have to have some tough conversations. Thankfully, we've never gotten there. We never will. But I just can't anymore with this, man. I can't do this with 100% trust for Pat, no matter what, in any circumstance. Okay, let me play devil's advocate here. Uh, Good luck. So the thing with Pat is that he doesn't do anything particularly well, right? Correct. As you just as you just outlined, yeah, nailed it. He doesn't really do anything really, really bad though. I see. That's where I did. I think in the playoffs, not doing anything super well is that's that's what. The that th- no, the thing is, like the other options, right, are Bryn Forbes and Bobby Portis. Every time Bryn Forbes has been on the court in this series, they've hunted him. KD has hunted him. And I think that's why that's a legitimate reason not to play Bryn Forbes, right? Which is why you're advocating for Bobby Portis in this there we situation. Go. Bobby Portis in this situation has been absolutely filleted by Kevin Durant. Also, on the offensive end, what we've been clamoring for, what we've been wanting is more motion offense. And that's something that Pat Connison gives you. He will set screens and dive. He will cut. He will constantly be running around the basketball court. Even though Bobby Portis, as you've pointed out on this podcast previously, he is a great relocation shooter. A relocator. Great relocation shooter. But he's just he doesn't do it at the same level that Pat Connaughton does. He, he doesn't, doesn't relocate at the same level, but he hits shots at a much better he level. He does, but that doesn't matter if you're just playing into their hands. If there's no motion offense, you're going to delve into the isolation game that we've been so 
against in this series. Because if the court just stops for the Bucks on offense, you got no one moving around, it's just going to be the same story all over again. And that's the, that's the reason that you get Pat Connaughton out there. Because even though he's not a great shooter, he's not he's been fumbling balls out of bounds and stuff like that, there's still a floor there for the Bucks overall. Not just him individually, but it's for the team. I don't know. I got. I got to at least see somebody else get a I shot. I don't think it's. I got to see somebody else get a shot. I got to see somebody. When you're zero for three and you're fumbling rebounds out of bounds, which that's the number one pet thing, and I've said this too, is the rebounding is good. Somebody else has to get a uh, shot. My my one. suggestion is play Thanasis over Pat. I'll give Thanasis a shot. I I want to see someone else get a shot who can do something at a high level. Like I need that in the playoffs. I get what you're saying. If Bud has to you know, d- dedicate an assistant coach to just tell Bobby Portis exactly where to go at all times, he'll listen. He's a great teammate, super motivated. Darvin Ham standing by the baseline, like assign coordinates to the court. I don't know. Just like maybe get an earpiece in his ear, maybe just mimic what he should be doing. And he just looks, I don't know, figure it out. But I want the upside. I at least want a, a shot at it. I, when we're at this point with Pat, when it's just clearly not a Pat game, we've seen Pat games in this series. Don't have a problem then, although they still flew too close to the sun with him before. And when it's game not, five was an absolute. I mean, game four, excuse me. Yes, was, was a half half of an the second half. Of, but at least in that game, I got it because of the first half. In this game, you gotta you gotta dust off Portis and give it a, or somebody or Forbes. I know he's been hunted. A little bit. The shots haven't. I, I I hate the shots that Forbes is getting when he plays right now. Like, why is it the only shot Forbes can take is the sprinting around Giannis curl that's not really ever that open this whole series because they're right. Like, just put him in the corner a bit. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't like the way they play. That's, that's the Bryn Forbes experience, though, isn't it? Like, we you, saw these the, sort of looks the, against uh, like a Miami in that series. And they were dropping. I think that's the that's the so, difference here. But he had more than just those looks, though. Yeah, but Miami they got him was in the corners, less equipped. They, got him to, they were less equipped to actually have good defenders out there. Like at least Brooklyn is long, and the thing is with Brooklyn is they switch everything. They switch absolutely everything, so there's less airspace for shooting. You know what you do then? You get Harden switched onto him and just outrun him because he's not going to keep up. Like. I, I just I don't like yeah, but the, the thing is like if you if you have an action involving that they're just going to switch it off ball they're going to scram switch that's what they've been doing with Harden so that he doesn't have to chase guys around. Yeah, but I'm saying you if I'm you're saying they always switch. I'm saying you get Harden switched onto him and then just have Forbes like literally sprint. No, no, like no, like if they do that, if that happens in the situation, we've seen this. But I'm not saying another action. I'm saying like literally just run around the. Arc. No, 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 no. Like Brooklyn will scram switch that instant. They they're they're going to lose somebody. I don't. I don't think they've tried that. This what I'm talking about enough. Personally, okay. I think. That, I think all of the Forbes has been DHOs. I think that just makes it really easy for them to switch it. They just Fair. always have defenders there when they run. I just. I want to see Forbes off ball a little bit more. And I get that he's not getting long stints because his defense hasn't been good enough. But transition Forbes is the best Forbes. I, transition everybody is the best everybody, but transition Forbes is a terror, and we haven't really gotten to see that at all. Um, but I, I get the reasoning there. I would like to see Portis tried because I just think there's a lot of upside there. And I'm especially befuddled because the last time we saw him in this series, 
was like the best defensive performance we've seen from him all season. And I'm still shocked that he hasn't gotten any run after that because Bud loves defense. And I know the shots weren't falling in that run for him either, but they aren't falling for anyone. So I figured at least defense would get him a shot, but disappointed we haven't seen it. Not in on, again, I'm not anti-Pat any in all points. I just don't think Pat should have penciled in fourth quarter minutes, and that's where we're at right now. That's fair. That's fair. And my, just to summarize, I got it. It's just Pat doesn't slow down the game. Yeah, I mean, those bricks from 40 feet are clanging off front iron so fast. They're probably speeding up the rotation of the earth a little bit. Don't fact check me on that. I saw it in Superman. I don't think I could. Yeah, probably not. There's no way to prove or disprove that statement. Um, We don't have the technology at this point. Thanasis. Just beautiful. I don't have any complaints. No, no, not really. Was his his only shot at garbage time, right? Yeah, his only shot was a missed dunk attempt. Perfect. That's exact. That's that could be non garbage time. I'd probably be okay with it if it's a dunk attempt. Like he is the guy. Maybe maybe Thanasis talked to Giannis. Is like, listen, bro. Like if you see me playing my role, your role is a lot more fun than mine. But you're gonna have to play it. No, honestly, you might be onto something because one thing we've talked about all season long with Thanasis is that he's very disciplined in his own role. He does not take shots that are outside of his comfort zone unless he's the starting point guard for the team. It's just, I will, I, I love better it. days so much. So much. Uh, but yeah, it's just, he, he knows what he's going to be doing out there on the basketball court. And I guess it's a different mentality for role player versus mega MVP superstar, but you have to have that sort of mentality at points. And I do think Giannis, he, he did lean into that. He, not, I think he did. He definitely did in this game. I agree. Um, you know, one thing I am happy about with Bud, and there's more than one, I thought the minutes were a lot better in this game. That's not the thing. Um, I'd actually like to see a little more from Chris. I hope game seven, I want like 44. And maybe that's how dead That's a good point. Actually, we probably would have been there. Is it just me? And this is something I, I pointed out the other, maybe in the Discord, the Eurogroup Discord. Uh, if you send us a screenshot of your Apple review, we can get you in the Eurogroup Discord. We talk bucks all day. Um, but one thing I posited, I feel like he looks the same pretty much throughout the game, like no matter what. Like I feel like he's one of those guys where the minutes, they don't seem to pile up on him. Like Yeah, and he'll be dripping in sweat all from the, the moment, moment the game starts to when it ends. Like that's just his his state of being. Like he is – you know what actually it kind of reminds me of? Minus a bunch of frustration fouls is like kind of how Jokic is. Like Jokic is a guy everybody thinks is always like completely done – and I feel like he's always got it. I mean, he's playing like seven overtime games every playoff series, it feels like. Like, Chris has that kind of thing where he's just like still going. Can you hear the storm happening outside? I cannot, actually. Oh, good. I was kind of worried. It's, been, it's raining here in, in uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. We were supposed to get a thunderstorm here in Milwaukee. It, it just diverted didn't, I'm glad there. it didn't. The Deer District didn't get rained out. The Deer District looked electric. The Deer District, I, I got to get down to the Deer District for one of these games. I, um, Whenever I go to the Deer District, the Bucks lose. Fun fact home. of the day. Stay home. <laughs> uh, ooh, the Nets never led in game six. Nope, wire-to-wire victory. Fun stat from Alex Schiffer that totally felt like it. Um, we, why do we have no quotes yet? I want quotes from Giannis and Chris on each other. I hope we get those before the end of the pod. Um, I think. Oh, what I was going to say, one thing I'm proud of Bud of, the Jeff Teague experiment is over. Thank God. 
Didn't have it. I thought he would. Again, I talked about, I don't know if the layoff in his minutes that seemed pretty inexplicable at the time might have led to this, but for whatever reason, we're at a place now where he's just a liability in all of his minutes. And I'm sad. He looks bummed out on the bench. I mean, sorry. Weren't bringing it. It's the playoffs. You can't afford it. I mean, this is the stakes. Uh, glad. Glad. I'm sad that Portis is glued to the bench. No issue with Teague being there. I think that is the right call. Yeah, for sure. It's just – sorry, Adam. We're not getting a Jeff Teague game, at least in this series. Uh, Could you imagine if he just – we say this and then game seven he's starting? Why did you, you put that, why'd you put you that in the universe, Ty? You know what? No, I'd good. I'm glad you said that. I tweeted I think they're going to win like the seven-minute mark. And Twitter threw a fit at me. One, blame the Bucks always. Never blame me. Two, never tweet scared. I already broke this down. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't. I, and I know I've been a pessimist for most of the series. That's just like how I felt. But now that I feel better, I'm not going to hide that because I'm, oh, I'm worried about getting dunked on. People get dunked on every day on Twitter. It doesn't matter. Just ask Jeff Green. Let's, that's, that's real life. But still, bounce back. I mean, I feel like Clint Capella has taken some vicious posters. He's still in the league, sort of. Yeah, don't, I don't say know. sort of. This guy, he, he's been elite this season. He's having a tough time with Joel, although pretty much everyone. And I, actually, I shouldn't. Not in the second half of games. He's not. Um, yeah, oh, Bobby, don't, Portis, don't. Bobby Portis was getting in post-game work after the game, so I guess he's not feeling too under the weather. On okay. the court, on the court, fans are, fans were seeing it. But Precursor for game seven. He stays ready. I love that he used tweet. to no, they were they were saving him for game seven. How about that? I, I could accept it then. I love that his tweet was just like positive, inspirational, motivational. Like that's Bobby Portis locked in. I believe in him still. Um, what do you want to talk about from this game, Rohan? I feel like I've been yapping. Nonstop. No, it's fine. We've hit like basically all we really need to. It's just what is gonna happen in game seven is really my question. Wait, can we can we do can I talk about Nash's rotations quickly? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I want to I close with that. We're going to get there. Don't worry. Like, your fireworks. Uh, well, that's, that's cool. Um, I actually think Claxton should get more of a shot. Like, I, I just think – like, he had some big – I feel like he made some noise in the paint on defense a couple times. Yes, he, he was screaming in terror. He had some blocks in some of those games. And maybe I'm misremembering, like, the honest ones. But – I don't know. This how here's my question to you. How long can you keep riding with Joe Harris this much? Do you have no choice? Do you just have to because of the you, upside? You realistically the, have to. And the other options? Like it, is there really no no choice? I mean, yes, there's there's no choice. And also you have to recognize like this guy was the best three point shooter in the league this season. This is yeah. just uncharacteristic. And at some point, you have to be like, okay, this is the game. This is the game where he's going to bounce back. So basically, what we've been talking about with Drew Holiday all <laughs> postseason, uh, just it, it's got to, it's got to just you know, it, he's got to break through eventually, right? You just don't have any. You have to play Joe Harris because even though he's not hitting his shots, Milwaukee is still treating him like a threat because he is still a threat until he proves you wrong. And like, you, you're, you're never you're never going to be entirely bought into him not being a threat. No, you, no always point, have, you always you always have to treat him like a threat. You can't let an elite elite best of the best three point shooter just start to get hot from uncontested looks. No, the re- of part of the reason he's struggling, 
not just he's in his own head for sure at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, he really bad. is. But also, like the Bucks are doing a pretty good job staying attached to him. Yeah. They're not really losing him for the most part. They've lost a couple of people, but they're staying attached. They're sort of making things a little difficult. They're not really getting letting him get uncontested shot. Every shot he has a hand in his face for the most part. So you have to keep rolling with that if you're Brooklyn, because even the slightest piece of daylight for Joe Harris is a win for you. Yeah, I agree. You know, actually, who I think they even stronger than Claxton, who I think they should play more. Bruce Brown? Maybe. I don't know. He made his three, but I, I just think they, they have enough guys who aren't doing enough on offense right now. Taylor Wabu Cabrera? No. I think they should play Mike James more. He's yeah. like one of the very few players on, we've seen on this net. Obviously not counting Kyrie, who we haven't heard anything. I guess could pull a Harden. I wouldn't expect it, but you never know. Um, but out, outside of Kyrie and, and Harden and Durant, like he was actually doing stuff with the ball and like penetrating, hitting fearless shots. I'm sure the percentages aren't very good. I mean, he's a role player. I just think they need some juice, man. Like that offense looks bad when the Bucks are folk like sending help to Durant, like in this game and in the last game too. I thought, uh, oh no, not the last game. Excuse me, not 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 that game, not that game at all. Uh, but in this game, um, I, I just thought like they were they figured it out a little bit and they were able. And again, we'll see if the Nets role player, the rest of them show up more. Maybe it won't matter. But I think in this game they could have used putting him in earlier in the second half and just saying like. Do some electric Mike uh, Mike Brown stuff or Mike James Mike Brown, some electric Mike James stuff, uh, Bruce James and Mike uh, Mike Brown, some Mike James stuff. I did a joke and it confused me more. I, I think they could have used it. Like I just feel like they they're so reliant on Durant right now, and like Harden is helping, but he's mostly a decoy, and also. What is going on with some of these transition passes Harden is throwing? Like, he's had a Harden's couple. Off. Harden's what? off, and that plays it's not even into off. It's like it's like inexplicable. Like, it's not like he's just missing. He's just like two handed, like lobbing stuff, like way too far down. Like, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember this is the playoffs and James Harden as well. <laughs> it's a fair point. But also, like those two things work hand in hand because James Harden has come back and he's playing. The majority of games, which takes away all of Mike James's role. The reason Mike James was getting a lot of rotational minutes is because James Harden was out. And now Harden's back and commanding more of the role and commanding more of the ball and just minutes in general because he's James freaking Harden. But wasn't wasn't Mike James playing a lot more when Kyrie was healthy and Harden was out? I feel like you could kind of flip flop. I mean, I know Harden has played a point guard role for this team, but I feel like you could flip flop him a little bit. Yes. I I it's weird. It's it's funny because Kyrie is more of a lead ball. Like you don't want Mike James being your lead ball hand. That's the thing. No, he's. I mean, I get it's not ideal. He's got to be off ball, and then he's not a great defender, and he's tiny, and then Harden can't move, and and whatever else. But I, I think they're gonna need to make a trade for offense at some. Which sounds wild. They have freaking Durant and Harden out there. Uh, but if I mean, they put if, up eighty nine points. To them. Yeah, I mean exactly, and it felt like it too. I mean, like their whole offense was pulling teeth. Or Durant just Durant made some ridiculous shots in this game. <laughs> like some of the fadeaways, like Chris and PJ, I thought were phenomenal. Over for two from free throw for KD. So much for Zach Zarba's home cooking. Uh, that was weird. That was but like Bucks fans. If you like, listen to me here. 
if you're going to complain about the officiating and like, oh, where this guy's from and stuff like that, do it after the game. Yeah, I thought, I, thought the, I thought the story, I don't know, it was from 2012, but I did think the story was just a bad look to like be circulating around Twitter. Like, I didn't seriously think it was going to be a thing. I just thought like the NBA official has to be extra careful about these things after someone was literally indicted for unfair refereeing less than 15 years ago. And I, I do think it's not a terrific look for a, a story going around about a guy who's like, I grew up six minutes from here. For everyone like myself from here in this city, it's great to have this team. I know it probably doesn't matter. I just thought it was a weird look. It, it is a weird look, but you like the stories from 2012. If you're going to do that, bring up stats about him. The, all of this stuff is available if yeah. you want to find it. Like find the stats with him refereeing Brooklyn games. Do that. If there's any correlation, then you got something. They're they're if below you're going, 500. They're like 10 games below 500 in games he's refed. If you're going to complain about it, do it after after something's happened. I will say the best part of Bucks Twitter. Did you see the photoshops of the ref bio? Yes, kept yes, I did. It was they, incredible. They said I think it was Kane Fitzgerald has a scale model of Barclays Arena in his they built in his basement. Someone's uh, I forget who it, the ref was. His his kid's name were Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. <laughs> like, <laughs> It was so funny because the the Barclays model one, because at first, I don't know if this is real or not. I think it is. I think Kane Fitzgerald actually is from like Dover, New Jersey or something. And I saw that. And then somebody, the, the Discord got me. They they put this the tweet of the scare model of Barclays. And I was actually like, there's no way this is real, right? Like for a second, I was like there. And then then I, I, I did some digging and figured out. But shouts to everyone. I think Ryan and Six might have done a couple. Shouts to everyone. Who those were Bucks like that, Twitter undefeated. That that was the good. The the bad Bucks Twitter was declaring the game over beforehand because of Zarba. The the good Bucks Twitter. And I think the job. I've said this previously. I think the Bucks have gotten a pretty fair whistle. Thought tonight it was. I mean, Harden Harden got had a good grifting period, and the Bucks fought through it, and then it kind of went away. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Harden Harden is something else, man. He is something else. Him yeah. going and. And complaining for a hook foul Saying when it wasn't it even a hook foul. That's just like I I don't know how as an NBA referee you don't just stare blankly at James Harden when he's doing this and be like, bro, you realize what you're doing. Right? Have some respect. Like, Have some respect. Do you man. do you realize what you're doing here? You're advocating for us to take away a major part of your game. Like, how do you not just directly just say that? The lack of self-awareness. It would be like if Bradley Beal or CJ McCollum tried to talk to to, to Giannis about defense. It would be that level. If those guys were to do that, which I can't see that happening. And God God forbid Anthony Morrow gets it. I couldn't even imagine if that happened. But it would be like if a guy like that who gets dusted regularly Wanted to talk to Giannis Antetokounmpo, Defensive Player of the Year in a year past, about defense. It would be that level of shameless self-awareness, except at least the Harden was on the court, not on the couch like those guys. Again, unimaginable, unimaginable scenario that that would ever happen. But, uh, you know, I, I'm trying, Jennifer. I think <laughs> this is nature is healing. We are yeah. taking shots at other franchises, other other teams, other players, and other teams. Na- nature is healing. 
everyone. Nature is healing, but maybe not for long. Let's talk about game seven. Yes, let's do it. What, what do you think? <sighs> I drilled you with optimism this whole pod. What do you think? I think the Bucks can do it. I think they can. I, I've always thought they can. That's not what I'm yeah, asking. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. I think the Bucks will do it. I think they will too. It'll be close. It'll be close for sure. It's uh, for me. I really. It's going to depend on the the non. Well, it's going to depend on so, non Giannis. Here, here, here's the thing: in the last couple games, right, Milwaukee has just come out of the gates, just absolutely Locked balls in. to the wall. Like yeah. we're we're going to do this. Like they did it this game. They did the last game. They just absolutely collapsed. I wouldn't say absolutely because Philly absolutely collapsed, but they Milwaukee collapsed in yes. Game Five. Yes. If they can just keep their blank together for one half of basketball, they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, they're like right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all they need to do because they're going to come out with energy and given Brooklyn's going to come out with energy too. Just Brooklyn can't really capitalize on that energy because all their guys are old and hurt except for Kevin Durant. Yeah. Milwaukee can come out with desperation energy again because again it's 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 an elimination game again it's winner go home this is game seven baby shouts to zaza it's just it's do or die time it's put up or shut up you got to do it now you did it last game like referring to tonight's game in game six you got to do it again and you're moving on you actually win this whatever this is (laughs) this series that has just been an absolute tire fire in all accounts I don't know how this game is. This series is going to seven games, by the way. I have no I, idea how. I think it just had to. Um, and it had to do it in the worst way possible. I the feel like this is most seven worst. games. I feel like it's very rare for a seven game series that's like seven close games. Yes. And sure. Except if Denver is involved. If Denver is yeah, involved, Denver, everything's off the table yeah, for Denver. Whatever. Dick, and I can't imagine. I can't imagine dealing with that. But you know what I need in game seven? I think the Bucks need it for sure. I need the Drew Holiday game. It's time. It's time. Like, I'm going to be hard on him. Listen, man, you signed the max extension. Give up all those draft picks that we said we'd give up more. I need this game. It's got this literal one. This particular game has to be this one. Like, and he wasn't that far off in this game. Like, this was close to what I need. I just need eight of those threes to be twos. And then you're looking at like 22, five, or 22, like eight. Get five. hot and make the threes. If that uh-huh. happens, great. I, I need that guy at the rim. I need, I need rim city. I need the bucks to be visiting rim city. I don't know. Sure. Uh- <laughs> taking a trip over and over and over. That's where they have to go. The, the paint, paint town. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I feel like Rim City threw you off. Yeah, it did for good reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to be the Drew Holiday game. It really does because they're they're out of time. They yeah, really are. This is it. This is like they've they've somehow gotten away with Drew Holiday just just chucking, just chucking, and, and, and they're still the winning is, games. You know what? I really need the Drew Holiday game. They're not asking them to do that much on defense anymore. Yeah. In this series, at this point, since Kyrie went down, basically, 
the the hardest time. I mean, I know he picks up KD here and there. It hasn't gone very well. I would like to avoid that. But most of the time, it's like Harden, who's unable to move, or anyone else who's just not really that much of a threat. Like there's some bonus energy to exert that wasn't there very early in this series when he was tasked with Kyrie Moore. Need that energy on offense. Need that energy going to Paint Town, formerly known as Rim City, the city redesignated a couple minutes ago. Um, I, I just need it. I need it. It's time. I need Chris to keep doing his thing. Again, don't need him to shoot 70, 62, and 91 again, but the number of shots and the fouls, they're not going to come as easily in Brooklyn, but draw contact, draw contact, get to the rim a little bit, but just keep shooting. Chris is the one guy I'll believe in in that. Need Giannis to play the same. And hopefully, usually it's always the role players at home. Bucks got zero from role players in this game. So hopefully the role players were saving it for the road and we get, if Bryn plays 13 minutes, let's get three quick threes poured in there. Like, let's get Tuck making the threes. Pat, make a couple if you're going to be out there. And and Brooke as well. Like, it's I'm almost glad this was such a low-variance shooting game for everyone except Chris because bounce back in a big way in game seven. Like, take every little thing we can get right now. Yeah, for sure. Do we have to, like, when they're getting on the team plane to go to Brooklyn, do they have to say, okay, Pat, wheels up for Boston? <laughs> do they have, do they have to do that? I mean, I think so. It would be no more disorienting to me if the Nets randomly wore green in Game Seven than it was that Milwaukee wore black and Brooklyn wore white. I'm not game. usually like a uniform stickler. Hated guy. it. I'm Hated not that. usually that guy. This was awful. It's terrible. It, was it didn't terrible. make any sense. You're me. You're you're the home team, and you're wearing road black jerseys for against a team who wears road black jerseys. Like, what are you doing? I honestly, like, they you they tried to make a statement with their statement jerseys. Well, they uh, did. Uh, they sure, have to whatever. wear them again now. Clearly, I don't know. Whatever. They it's have like to. The, you gotta wear it. You gotta like wear the it. sleeve jerseys from the Cavs days. Like they just had to wear those. Every time, like they even did that yeah, in Game Seven. I know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to ride with a thing. Um, yeah, I I feel good. I hated the jersey alignment. Oh, I was gonna say, I I caught the game. I was like 15 seconds late. I was grabbing something, and I hear like the buzz, and I go over, and I see one team had just missed a shot, and the team in white was, or the team in black, whichever way, was bringing the ball down. And I was like, oh, good. The Nets missed their first shot and the Bucks have possession. And I was like looking closer and I was like, who is, wait, oh, oh, never. It was the opposite of what I thought. It was very confusing. A good eight seconds of my day, I was befuddled because of this. And then I was frustrated for like 14 more seconds and then I forgot. Until now. And now it's been like 40 more seconds. So is that a solid like fifty six seconds? It's uh, one game's worth of Thanasis. Sure. <laughs> Unit of measurement about roughly just under one minute. Sure, sure. We'll go. Yeah. I don't know what just happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm letting them fly. I'm the opposite of what I want the Bucks to do at the moment. Outside of Chris, Chris can. Chris has the green light for me at this point. Is Chris the only player who has the green light? Bryn Forbes. Forbes, yeah. Portis. Uh not entirely green for Portis. I don't need I don't need I don't need multiple face up jumpers from him. I mean I they go in a lot of the if time. He, if he's hot, if he's hot maybe, but 
I, I like not not can if if there's not much time on the clock, maybe. But at this point, there's always going to be so many great players out there. I don't want to see a ton of them. It's pretty green though. But Chris is the greenest for sure. Let's get uh, let's get a score prediction for me here. Game seven. Oh man, seven thirty on TNT. Seven thirty. Hopefully they air the whole thing. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I want. I keep wanting to go high just because it feels like it's gonna happen. At this point, I just don't think it's going to. It's gonna be game seven as well. It's gonna be a game Holy. seven. I'm gonna say. Uh, it's one for Lawler's Law, but just barely. I'm going to say 100 to 92. 192 Milwaukee. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go 111, 100 Milwaukee. We're both. I uh, see. You think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a little tighter. I think this one is, I, 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 I don't I have know how trouble. tight it can get when teams like, Brooklyn shot 30% from three. Milwaukee shot 21.2% from three. Oof. Like, come on. What did guys not named Chris shoot? Can we do very quick math? It, it must be an uh, atrocious number. They shot two, four, what is that? 25. Oh, my God. <laughs> two for, it looks one for eight, two for 18. Yeah, two for 25. Two for 25. Let's get a percent. I'm pulling out the calculator app. It's uh, Oh, I did 15. It is exactly 8%. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, 8%. All Bucks not named Chris. And Giannis didn't even attempt any. That's yeah. so bad. That's so bad. We need a pot. We need variants. Variants. You've done a lot to us negatively in the past. One time. One time. You've been saving them up. Bucks have been cheeks from you deep this us. whole series. Really, seriously, please. Just one time. Pat, four for five. Let's see it. Let's see it. Shut me up about Pat Cotterton. I beg you. Okay. Before um, I bef- – oh, what do you got? I was going to say before we wrap this up here. I have one of those too. We should talk about Rick Carlisle a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, You know what also I realized on the last pod – Congrats to Giannis, first team All NBA, the only unanimous oh, selection. Yeah. We didn't cover it. Congrats to Giannis. We had a lot on our plate. Uh, the only unanimous selection, the first team All NBA, not the literal MVP of the season. Super cool. Congrats to Giannis. But yeah, Jokic missed up by one vote. <laughs> that's horrible. Whoever did that. But um, but yeah, Rick Carlisle. Uh, if the Bucks don't pull it out, and I mean, I think even if they lose in the next round, this might happen. We don't have to talk about that right now. Even if they win the title? I mean, I'll have to see it play out, but you I, I, you could make the case to me and I could be on board from the jump. You, can, you Rarely is a coach of Rick Carlisle's caliber available. Ever. Rarely. Yeah, very, very rare. I mean, and, he's been there for like, what, 15 years or something? More? Yeah, I 20 so. years? No, maybe not. Ah. No, Don Nelson was there for 25 years. I think Carlisle was there for 16 seasons. Oh my God. Yeah. A long time. Yes. A very, very long time. And he just resigned. Uh, and he doesn't like Luca. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, a lot of the reporting afterwards by trustworthy says sources like Wojstein, those sort of ones. I, I should McMahon. Books, McMahon has been big on this. Yeah. McMahon has been massive. He's been linked to Milwaukee like several times, like over the last like couple of years, <laughs> like he was where we were after game five. And he was like, 
Let me get ready for this. Yeah, he saw that before every game this series, there's been a coaching leak about the Bucks. Like, <laughs> oh, this person's interested. Oh, this person's interested. And Bud's just like, I'm still here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just bought a condo. Like, <laughs> just like it's like the playoffs. It's all about survival. Yep. Uh, so yeah, pay close attention to that. Yeah, all, all uh, I'll say, yeah. all I'll say, if we get to a point, if. The way the Milwaukee Bucks move on from Mike Budenholzer and are searching for a new coach. That's the guy. That's the name. That is, there's been a lot of questions. Who would you want to hire? What assistant? Darvin Ham, a great candidate. Don't get me wrong. And people say, what has Carlisle done since 2011? Which first, like hilarious. Like what has he done since that time? A team with Dirk beat everybody in the West very convincingly and won a freaking title. What since then, what's he done? That's, Pretty good thing to hang your hat on, but they've had the finals twice. Yeah, they've had overmatched rosters, but no, not since then. No, no, I'm saying in general. Oh yeah, but since then he hasn't made it out of the first round. But they've had overmatched rosters the whole time. Offensive genius, fiery coach, chess master kind of guy, and actually I think a perfect fit for the Bucks because everyone complains that because Bud is Bud, like the Bucks should be more pushbacky and they're just really not Carlisle's great and they're going to listen to everything he says because that's the bugs so uh, I think it would be really a great fit if we get there we're not there yet so yeah just don't be surprised to if the bucks continue to win that he doesn't take a job right away just don't be surprised yeah I mean I think it pretty clear that's it he wants that job but we'll see what else happens uh and I guess maybe Tom Izzo uh, does too he was at I think the game. And also Gucci, was, man. Yeah, Gucci's like, he's been a Bucks fan. That's so weird. Yeah. Do, we, do like, we know the 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 how that started? No idea, but I'm not complaining because the Bucks no. need a celebrity that's yes. not a Wisconsin sports person. Yeah. Yeah, especially, I, I guess actually, you know what? I was going to say it's like J.J. Watt is less cool, but I, th- I think it's more cool that he doesn't play for the Packers. Yeah. That and but not not saying it's cool he doesn't play for the Packers, but he's a cooler celebrity fan because he doesn't. Because the guy who play the guys who play for the Packers, they're like kind of obligated, and they're also right there. It's kind of JJ uh, yeah. J. Watt's pretty cool. Yeah, JJ Watt's cool, but you need like he, yeah, he's like the only like big guy. Yeah, that that support like he was there like in Giannis jerseys in Toronto and stuff like that. Yeah. He's, he's been on this. Yeah. So we, shout, shouts to Gucci. I didn't think I'd be saying that on this podcast, but shouts, shout out to Gucci. Going to have to do a lot of uh, Gucci man listening. Gucci, uh, come on the pod. Let's do it. We're going we're gonna to see if we can reach out. We might we'll look into that. Um, one, I, I don't have a, I don't have an in with Gucci man. I'm just, just optimistic in general at this point. One last piece of business before I hand off to you for the outro. Want to shout out a listener who left a really cool review on Apple recently. I mentioned that before. If you want to screenshot your five-star Apple review and send it to myself at Ty Windish, Rohan at, at R. Cotty Jr., excuse me, at Eurostep Podcast on Twitter, all of us, open DMs, I believe, uh, we'll get you in that, or just tweet it and tag us, we'll get you in that Discord server, but also we just like to see the nice reviews, like in addition to, to a bit transactional thing. It's just nice. So I wanted to read one that I thought was very nice, and if we get more very nice reviews, We'll probably keep reading them. So if you'd like to 
have something you say mentioned on the pod for sure. Go leave a nice review. But Mr. Stolt on Saturday, the title of the review just in six, which I loved. No, no space, just in six. Thanks for helping me try to understand what the Bucks are doing and allowing me to hang on to just a small shred of sanity at the same time. That's just perfect. That's exactly what I want us to be doing on the podcast. So, and I'm sure this. Let me lose your. Let me lose the sanity so you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. And I will say we're doing. This is the Eurostep Podcast Network. So, this is also certainly giving props to Adam McGee and Jordan Tresky of winning six. And we're all on the same team here. Um, But definitely, uh, we all collectively appreciate the kind words of Mr. Stolt and everyone else who listens. So, if you have yet to do so and would like to, go ahead and drop a, a review. Let us know what you think about the pod. Even if it's negative, give us five stars. That's appreciated. But drop some feedback in there if there's anything. Yeah, go if, you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna leave a negative review that's public, like sure, do that. Just if you, if you leave five stars, that's sort of like yeah, compensating. For we'll it, actually you know? at least sort of listen to your input on how we could make this ten out of ten podcast yeah, better. For sure, if it's five stars. Yeah, for sure. If you're just going to be out there negative in the yeah, world, we, it's like, we don't care. We, we don't need that kind of energy. Toronto, Toronto-based IP, for sure. Oh, for sure. We Can we track that? No, I don't. Waste men. We don't, we don't care enough to. Waste men. Okay. You listen to too much Drake, my gonna, guy. Yeah, going to use their words against them. <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that is a great segue. If you please could leave a five-star rating, we... We'll get you in that Discord, and we can also give you a shout out on the podcast. So just make sure to go do that. We'll, you know, we 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 love it. We love this sort of thing. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. It helps me deal with my mental uh, health right now. It's just it's teetering. It's teetering. They they're they're winning me over a little bit. They're sort of. I'm coming We're back here. from the brink a little bit. We're here. The thing is, I could just get pushed even further down the hole. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. That's a day after tomorrow problem. The Bucks just won. We are getting a game seven, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. on TNT. And we will have a post-game pod for you directly after that uh, game ends, whether that's uh, – yeah, I'm not going to say. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it there. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep podcast part of the Eurostep Podcast Network, as well as the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Again, if you did enjoy the show, make sure you leave that rating. Make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. And also you're telling people about the show. Share the good word. Spread it. You just make like a bird and just just fly away. Ty, you're looking at me all confused, and that's fair. It really is fair. Uh, <laughs> we said a lot of weird stuff today. It's... It's been it's been an experience. Thank you for riding along with us so far. We're not done yet. We still got one more at least. So make sure you are subscribed. Check out all of the content across the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Go Bucks. Stay safe, and we will talk to you next. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.